This is the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. Acta non verba. And here we go again. Back. All lively, full of energy. And we're still alive. That's a plus. We're still alive. (laughs) So I I am wondering since if people, well, by the time they hear this, it'll be a week later anyway, but we're a couple days behind our normal broadcast time. So I was wondering, CJ, did you get your truck stuck or did it break down or did you just have a bad night Monday? Well, this kind of goes with my blunder and triumph, but so Saturday, Uh-oh. Saturday morning. Wow, it's a three-dayer. <laughs> well, it, it was kind of like a snowball effect. So Saturday morning, first thing, my fiance wanted to take the dogs to the dog park, right? And I was like, all right, it's probably the last time we're going to be able to do it before it's just freezing, mm-hmm. which it has been this whole week, so we go take them out there and you know, we're having a good time playing with the dogs. They're having an awesome time. And we go around and we see this group of, uh, it's like three German shepherds and they got, there's like a couple people with them and they're just walking around, talk to them for a little bit. They asked me if mine's actually a German shepherd. <laughs> I, I love that question. I, I always get asked, are they, are they really just a, German Shepherd and a Doberman? Yes. Just because they look a little weird doesn't mean they're not. <laughs> Anyways, and well, there was one German Shepherd I noticed that whenever other dogs would come close to it, they would kind of like back it off. So they were kind of making sure that the dogs stayed next to them. I'm like, okay, so probably this dog doesn't play that great with other dogs. Whatever. <clears throat> we go around it's a huge park so like you can walk around it and stuff and whatever and then we get to the point where like all the dogs are kind of just playing and we let ours play and i'm playing fetch with my german shepherd he's a freaking bolt and every time he go get it he'd be in front of the other german shepherds that were trying to chase it but they kept that one back and one time my boy just kind of took the ball over to where that one was standing and dropped it and that fucking German shepherd just unleashed hell. And like both of them were just going at it. It looked like they were going to kill each other. It was not play. They were trying oh, to kill each other. That sucks. So I'm the only one that fucking moved and I got into it and I tried pulling their German shepherd off and that was not happening. And then like, eventually I kind of got them turned around and I grabbed mine, but I saw that German shepherd go to fucking bite him in the face and I grabbed him by the mouth and he got my hand good <clears throat> um, so eventually that that was kind of what ended it but yeah he took a he can't really see it but my pointer finger is pretty fucked up oh nice so I had to go to the hospital at about 11 30 and we were there until seven. Oh. Just to get it bandaged up and get a prescription for antibiotics. Holy shit. Yeah. So pretty much that whole day went to shit. We didn't after that I didn't want to do anything because you know you're sitting in a waiting room, you just want to go to fucking sleep. 
Yep. Then the next day, we had her, uh, what was it, her work Christmas party. So pretty much we didn't get anything done that day. So Monday came around, had like nothing ready and all, all the chores around the house. The house was like shit, laundry, bloody, bloody. Yeah. And I could barely move my hand because <laughs> yeah, yeah. my, my middle finger, my pointer finger, I still can't bend all the way, but it was just like that must make work fun well i mean it's just yeah especially <laughs> uh, driving's easy running well, the crane is a different story pushing the butt i usually push it with my goddamn pointer and i have to start using other fingers <laughs> and it was like 30 mile per hour wind in 26 degrees yeah yeah and then when I got home, you think I wanted to be on a podcast? I, I, <laughs> well, why not? You could have uh, came here, aired your grievances. We would have listened to you. No, I needed to get my laundry done because I had barely any clothes left. I you had know no we're food here made. for you, CJ. We're here for you. We're here for you. That, and I just, I just want to sit on the couch and stay warm and watch TV. <laughs> Besides <laughs> all the other chores. <laughs> we'll be your emotional tampons. <laughs> oh man yeah it, god oh, that one that thing first one. thing saturday fucking morning yeah, it just yeah. snowballed so uh, the next time she says we should go to the dog park you're gonna be no no yeah i'm like that's why we have a fenced in yard yeah yeah we moved up we don't have to go to the dog park anymore <laughs> screw that see the only thing that i'm saying too is my german shepherd doesn't even like playing with other dogs he just wants to play fetch. That's it. Right. And you can do that in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, she wants him to get uh, more acquainted. Yeah. yeah but honestly, he doesn't really care. Right. That, he would have had no problem with that dog, but that dog started it. <laughs> and it's funny because yeah. he had about 40 pounds on my German Shepherd. My German Shepherd didn't give a fuck. <laughs> it's a good honestly, sign. Honestly, if I w- that's why I told her to. I'm like, I'm just happy that he fought back and then just roll over. Because first of all, if you would have rolled over, he might be dead. Right. Yeah. No, because he, he has he had one good bite on it, like it's like right under his armpit. Oof. But besides that, he, he had a little blood in his mouth, which I would expect. But, yeah, yeah. So yes. So that, <laughs> fun I time take, for you. I, yeah, it was it was quite interesting, and this week has been extremely miserable outside. Yeah. This week has been yeah, well, and that that leads my Monday that w- that wind. Holy crap! I felt like I was sailing, driving down the road in a truck, and it was like headed north. And I was driving like either into it or against it, and it's like the whole time. Yeah, the yeah, truck's air ride, but it shouldn't be leaning going down the road. And I was leaning, and then you'd come yeah. up to the bridge. I got home and I was so freaking exhausted. It was like, I didn't want to cook. I didn't want to do it. I made myself like a simple dinner and then I was in bed. I was, I was, (laughs) which sucks because then I'm waking up too early. You know, it's like, I want to just lay there and it's like, uh, I I can't lay in bed anymore. I start to hurt. I just get this image of, you know how like there's videos of B-52s landing but they can turn their keep their like their landing gears on gyros so they can right. 
still land straight, but the plane itself could be totally <laughs> this, you know, oh. perpendicular to the runway, but still land. Yeah. yeah. And then sucks. you could tell the empty semis because they're blowing all over the road. You didn't want to pass them or get, you know, or they passing you type thing. The only nice part was on the way home, the wind was kind of behind me and pushing me. So that was nice. But yeah, when I was headed up north, oh, it was everything I could to keep the thing. It's like steering wheel should be pretty well straight. And it was like cocked 45 degrees. Just uh, (laughs) exactly like what you're saying, Jimmy. Just, it just, yeah. So, excuse me. That that would be my and the triumph is surviving it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was like didn't get almost got smacked several times, and it's like yeah, it those kind of days. But I I feel like this has been one of the windiest years. Hmm. I haven't. Hmm. There's wind, but I'm talking like 30 mile an hour winds with 40 mile an hour gusts. I don't know. It just seems windier than normal for some reason there was a couple years ago that was pretty bad was i think it, it was like <clears throat> i think it was like was it 2016 because i remember because i was doing drywall and there was quite a few days that we'd have the drywall for like <laughs> no not <a> chance <laughs> <laughs> put it right back down put a strap on it wait this out <laughs> if nothing happens we're taking it back because <clears throat> don't need that shit flying especially when you're three stories up no and then, well, and I had my other thought today, and this kind of leads into well, depending on how you look, guys with either long hair or bald guys have it made just because of the amount of money you save in haircuts. I just got one this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about that today. It's like, and I know my I, my barber is probably wondering where I'm at, but I haven't had a haircut since I, I don't know the beginning of the year. With all the goofy rules and this and that and things, it was like, eh, screw it. I'm just tired of dealing with all that. Yeah. So it's like, since I have hair, I get to let mine grow up. But it's like all the money you save and just haircuts, hair products, and everything. It's like it's a whole industry that's just with long hair, you lose money on the products. Yeah. Not really. Use way, I don't use, use way more shampoo. No, mm, not this guy. Uh-uh. A little lard in it, you'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about growing mine out. Yeah. So I haven't been. I need to go though, because if it gets too long, like it starts. I got wavy, curly hair. Oh, like it's crazy. Do you get the fro. Not not a super curly fro. It's more like big big waves. I got that. That's what mine is. Yeah. And then it will curl like in the back. It's great and all, but at the same time, I never get it. I've never tried to purposely keep it, grow it out and then cut it or have it cut in such a way that it doesn't look like I just haven't been to the barber in six months. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So we'll see. I haven't gone in a couple of weeks. You don't want to go with the Johnny Bravo like CJ? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey there, Mamacita. Uh, they, uh, um, but we'll see. It's like I, I, the longest I've gone is a year. You're welcome for the the Johnny Bravo. He's got it. He's yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll rock. I don't give a fuck. So, 
we'll see. I, I need to go just to say, hey, I want to grow it out, but like probably nothing we need to do now, but soon we'll need to do something, something. so it doesn't look like I said. I want it to look okay. I don't want it to look just like I haven't been to the barber kind of thing. You know, the problem is, is you got to get past that first six months. Yeah, Ugh, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, it's like six months. It doesn't look good. You put a hat on. It's yeah. so awkward looking. Yeah. <laughs> See, my mine's so wavy that like for those six months, it kind of wants to go up. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, yeah. I try, oh, I try yeah. to lay mine down and it goes up, but it yeah. gets just get taller. <laughs> until until it like till the front hair hits you in the back. Yeah. See, I'm almost yeah. at the end of I got like eight months, nine months going. So it's holding in pretty good at the moment. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. You had anything else, Nate? Or? No, that's it. I, I'm keeping. Yeah, you know, yeah for me, being a bitch. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had that that wind and cold here over the weekend. So my blunder was, <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't take advantage of the nice weather and get Christmas lights on the house. <laughs> Uh, which I could have done over Thanksgiving or any other time. And instead waited until it was 25 and decided, Oh shit, I better get this up now. Otherwise I'm never getting it up. So Monday, that's what she said. Yeah. (laughs) I hope she's never getting it up. So Monday, uh, I knew where he's going with that. So uh, Monday after work, I went up, Fortunately, it's not, it doesn't, it's not that hard. It doesn't take that long because it's just a string of lights that run across the front of the house. So it's more just being up there in the freaking cold in the north wind. Your fingers. Yeah, the north wind. But I, I put on a toque and, and gloves and then I was fine. Like it was, then I was okay. And I got a down or, you know, down jacket that's warm enough. So I was, it was, it wasn't that bad. But at first it was like, holy shit, this is cold. And if it hadn't been for the wind, yeah, it'd, it'd be like, fine. Eh. Yeah. yeah, it's still cold. <laughs> it's cold, but you don't have that but that wind bite bites of the yeah. wind. Yeah. Yeah, t- tell me about it. I was riding a <clears throat> forklift around. My eyeballs are freezing. <laughs> you think that's a joke? <laughs> it's a no, real I don't. Thing. <laughs> I have no doubt. I didn't think you were what, joking. What sucks you. is when you're driving along, car, truck, whatever, and you're driving along, and you're like. Eh, it doesn't look too bad outside. Da, 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 da. And then you open the door. The door almost gets ripped out of your hand. <laughs> that cold wind rushes in there and you're like, holy <gasps> crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. Shrinkage, shrinkage. <laughs> I'm back, buddy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So the blunder and triumph was getting the lights up. So oh. they're, they're up now and whatever. So that's good. Now I just need to get the Christmas tree going. So. Yeah, you got, uh, you got time. And uh well, and it's interesting too. So it, I don't know if it's a triumph or a blunder, but I actually went into the office for the first time since I was since they kicked us out in March of 20 it's like March 15th or 16th, 2020 was the last time I was in the office building. Uh I've been past it, I've been around it, but I have not gone in it. And there were some meetings there and my boss was going to be in town. And uh, although he ended up having to cancel at the last minute because uh, his one of his kids was sick. But um, 
Uh, so it was it was cool to be back there, but uh, at the same time, it was weird. Like it was a time capsule. Like I go to my desk. I I'm now on a different team than I was, but I went to my old desk, and what little stuff I had there was still there, and everyone else's desks still had their stuff on it. Like how they left it because <laughs> we couldn't come back in. Like they, they were getting ready to do a test for two weeks and say, uh, you know, we'll send you home for two weeks and then we'll see what happens and just to iron out some kinks. And that by that Monday, the, you know, so that was on a Friday that by that Monday, they said, Nope, you're home Think for good. That one person with the ham sandwich in the drawer, somebody. So we had a food day, a couple that week, they let us go. And somebody, uh, there was a crock pot that wasn't cleaned out. <laughs> oh, just throw it in the trash. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it or if they cleaned it out or whatever, but we figured it could walk out on its own. Like, yeah. Here, uh, on that one, when I was getting ready to go to the desert, I was packing everything, da 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 da. And one of the last things I went to grab was my Gerber tool. And I, from the moment of packing everything up and stuff. And I didn't realize it until I was in the desert that I didn't have a Gerber tool. And I'm like, half of me thought I lost it. Half of me thought I left it at home type thing. And I was never really sure. Forgot to ask my buddies about it. Bought a Leatherman, called it a day type thing. Sure enough, when I got home, went down, sat at my desk it was sitting <laughs> right, right in the center of my desk. There it was yep, where I was right planning to left pick it. it up and throw it in a pocket. Yep. Forgot. I had yep. to chuckle though. I was like all that time thought I lost. And, my and it's still there. Yep. And it was sitting on my desk. Yep. Yeah. Well, so it was cool to be back in the later. office. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to be back in the office in a way, just because the energy and people like, you know, when you're collaborating with folks, it's that much easier just to turn to somebody and say, Oh, Hey, you're here. So, okay. I have a question about this thing. Are we supposed to blah, 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 even in large scale meetings. So there's a couple big sessions that we had where it was, if I was on the call, I would, it's so easy. I couldn't imagine what it was like to be on the phone, listening in to that, those conversations. Cause I, sometimes admittedly I get lost in the sauce on those things. And then once you, you kind of t- zone out and then something happens and you're like, Oh shit, what did they spent the last 20 minutes talking about? Cause now I need to care about all that stuff <laughs> that I really wasn't paying attention to, but being in the room, you kind of, you're there and the energy is different. So it was cool in that sense, but you know, at the same time, I'm, yeah. So I may have have they done um, productivity assessments from like before to now when you guys are all doing zooms. I don't. That would be an interesting, like if anyone started thinking about it and looked at the productivity between the different groups before and after of. Okay. You got all the energy in your room. Is this more productive or are we better off keeping it separate in Zooms and people just working on their stuff? I wonder if, if anyone did. Yeah, any I don't know if we've done any, if they've done any official sort of studies or even just compiling data and trying to compare. And say, But I will say we have been busier 
since they like business has been booming since we left. It just kept getting busier and busier and busier, not only from a client calling in perspective or clients placing order perspective, but just the nature of work and all like we have had more and more shit to do and deal with. Um, And they repeatedly had said, Hey, you guys are doing so great. We're still meeting our service level agreements. We're still handling all this stuff. And all of you are working throughput. Hasn't gone down. It's gone up. And all of you guys are at home. So we're not in a rush to go back. Otherwise, they if if they sent some sort of drop in productivity, they probably would have found ways to get back in the office sooner. So well, I think they realize, and that changes actually how they're going forward too, because now everybody gets an automatic, at bare minimum, you can work from home for three months. But that's flexible to you know, whatever in, in reality, that could be flexible to pretty much work from home all the time. It just depends on what you do. And some of those things that may dictate you need to be in the office at least some part of the time. But if say, for example, everybody I worked with, it's like the three of us, right? It's like, say, even if you two were in the same place, but I'm the one here stuck in Omaha, well, it doesn't make sense for me to go into the office in Omaha when you guys are somewhere else, just so I can say I'm in the office kind of thing. Now, if all of us were here, that's another story Story. because then maybe there's some benefit to me being in the office more often, but even then we can make it work. So they're even rethinking that kind of thing uh, or allowing flexibility that they probably wouldn't. I know before they wouldn't have. Wouldn't have allowed it all in 2019. Well, they wouldn't have thought of i mean it's just like the other day they sent my kid home from school because he got in contact with someone with the big c you know it's like (laughs) that would call that is cause you know disruptions in the office because it's like well we thought he was going to be there but now they're home because someone's got to take care of the kid and da 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 well are they set up on zoom are they set up on where if you have the flexibility to work from either or it, it just yeah. kind of flows then instead of going, well, what are we going to do? We got to do this. And I think that was a big shock or surprise that to, to, you know, the powers that be at the company. I, like um, I think there's, <clears throat> you know, there is something to be said. Like I will say there's something to be said for being there and being around those people. I haven't physically interacted with those folks <laughs> since I left. And so, and well, in fact, on the team I'm on, I haven't since even longer before that, because I I was on the team and then I left and did a whole bunch of other stuff. And now I'm back on this team. So this was really the first time in a, a number of years that I've interacted with these people other than just seeing them in the building. And so it's, you know, there is something to be said for that in-person contact, that just sort of energy, like we talked about on the last podcast or the previous podcast that we just published sorry for it it, it was out today uh, but <laughs> supply chain issues held us up so but we're back on track with that um but my you know we talked about this a little bit when we all met up right there's something to be said for being being together and yeah. so 
Yeah. But it's still weird. It's like a ghost town because it's a building that houses a few thousand people. And there's a there's, few. There's a few. Like, I don't even know if there's a hundred, maybe there is, but even if there was, it would look like there's 10. So anyway. uh, I will say shout out to my girls. It's their, more their triumph. They uh, had a piano recital and a violin recital back to back. And so they did, uh, did really well, all things considered. Um, I suppose a triumph there was you know they were nervous especially my oldest but it's like instead of telling them oh don't be nervous whatever i was like good like that's means you're ready for anything it means you're alive kind of thing so it was a good opportunity to kind of connect with them and teach them hey everyone's nervous about anything you do whether it's a recital or a job you know presentation you're going to, there's times in your life, you're going to be nervous or scared. That's okay. The trick is to still do what you need to do in spite of any of that shit, not (laughs) do terrible because of those sorts of things. So, um, so that was, but, you know, props to them for cutting it out. Um, Somebody, somebody's grandma even passed out or something. They had to call an ambulance and EMT playing that good, huh? They were, (laughs) I, I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden, you know, the first one or two people go and what a way to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to be there in the first place. Let's go out with the Fortunately, bang. she was alive, but they did roll her out on a stretcher. So, I mean, it was so they're doing all that stuff while and, and then at some point they told the teacher, just go ahead and go like we got to do this stuff. She's at least okay, like no immediate danger kind of thing. So you're not being too disruptive. Yeah, disrespectful kind of thing. Just keep going (laughs) sort of thing. And so anyway, props to all the students, especially my girls for being able to go, uh, you know. But I I did thought the thought occurred to me that they might cancel cancel it and just say, you know what, we're done. That's the sign that says we should just stop. So, but they kept going. So it's, you know, good. So what are we tackling first? (laughs) Well, since we're talking kids, we, our first (laughs) one here, historical perspective on kids, young adults, and when to go to war basically weapons battle war yeah well you know it's it's interesting i mean some some of this is based on current events right where it's like how can uh uh, a high school kid have a you know a teenager have a gun kind of thing and it's like well there's local high schools around here and i'm sure a number of places around the country that they have a they have the girls school has a trap team yes a competitive shooting so does a couple schools in the area like they're not the only one kind of thing um so it's like okay uh, those are kids that are well i and i think it's almost i, I had this talk with, with we'll just call them gun friends back in the day when i was a little bit younger and everything 
And I, I think we, we, the pendulum is flipped because it, say all the way through maybe like the fifties or sixties, all the kids knew how to use guns. Yeah. You know, it was okay. Let's go, you know, the Hunting farm boys or, things yep. to go hunt some squirrels to go get some rabbits, whatever, you know, small game, or they go hunt some bird, you know, at one time, you know, the schools had like their own little armory because the guys who hunt on the way to school drop their guns off and on the way home hunt just to pick up stuff. So I think it's almost like we're so far away, like, oh, we got to take them away from all these. No, no, we need to educate them. You know, okay, so one kid brings a gun to school. Well, if 30 other kids knew how to operate or whatever, they would have the intelligence to go, you know, to either fight back, do something, whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? There's no respect factor to them. You know, call of duty and whatever other video game gives these false security type things. And you know, there, there are kids that are thinking in those terms and then they get goofed up on other stuff, but you know, there, there is no reset. There's no resurrection. But it's like, I, I think it's the other way. I think every kid should be educated in it. I think yeah. that all freshmen should have a required course. It's like gun safety and it's a whole semester. So I you think get even at least- younger than that, I think like going into middle school, let's say junior, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, right in there, because you're like early teens. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, hunter safety can be given to, I don't even know if there's anyone, an age limit really. in Illinois, but yeah, anyone can take it. But I'm with you, CJ. I just think a little sooner. Grade yeah. school. Eh. <laughs> you want to have you want to have a, a little kindergarten. Bit of comment, All right, sense. you need to you, be able. Well, to... the thing there though is like working with Cub Scouts and working the BB gun range. You know, these yeah. are like first through fifth graders. What was that? <laughs> pew, pew. Pew, pew. <laughs> That, that just made me chuckle. I got sidetracked by <laughs> CJ's sound effects. But, you know, like the Cub Scouts, basically first through yeah. fifth grade, learning how to use a BB gun. These kids yep. are smarter than their classmates just because it's the same rules. It's the same gun safety. They got some education around them or whatever. And it's like, you almost, can they be too young? Uh that's debatable. I'll say like starting off, like if you had a first grader, second grader, I can't even think ages. How old are you in first grade? They're what? Seven, eight? Five, six, seven. Yeah. I mean, six, seven, six, seven, somewhere, somewhere in there. there. That's where I'm going to stay. You can really start pounding it into their head and they actually latch on to it i know there's kids younger than that but i'm going to say like on the overall spectrum and it's like by the time they're 9 10 a lot of the kids you could tell the kids that had started off in like you know as a wolf or whatever or what would it be tiger bear bear something yeah wolf, yeah bear. i think it's what, a bear. cub scouts yeah. but oh, i was like what the fuck are you talking about but the thing is is you could tell the kids had already been there a couple of years and their parents did stuff with them because they they respect all the rules they didn't goof around on the firing line you know they wanted to come shoot bb guns and a whole bunch and have fun it's like so i would say the general age 
you know, there's a maturity level in there. That's a big key factor, maturity level. But I would say the six to eight range, six, seven, eight is about right. Which if you go back into history and you start looking at history, six, seven, eight is about when they started with a lot of, you know, boys would, you know, live with their mothers a lot of times up to the age of seven Greek, the Greeks, yeah. it was uh, prevalent. The Middle Ages, you'd start being a page or whatever at seven. Um, you start looking to be an apprentice someplace at seven. That seven, eight range, it, it, mentality-wise, is about the right time to start. And that's that's another thing that I wanted to talk about, too, more broadly speaking, because you know, there's this idea of, oh, my God, you know, why would a kid think he could do this, you know, have a gun or, ha- you know, have a weapon of any kind and defend his home or any himself or anything from other people kind of thing. And what adults would, would dream of, you know, allowing kids to be in those situations and all that sort of stuff. And in sort of this, you know, kind of bubbleized world we live in where we protect everybody from everything kind of thing. I did want to also touch on that historical perspective of, you know, there's been kids serving on ships, you know, the British Navy, the French Navy, like there's, I'm sure Asia too, like Japan, China, you know, anybody who's ever been on a water, there has been a young kid of some sort in a boat (laughs) sailing the seas with a sword or an ax or whatever. And, you know, especially in those days too, like that, that wasn't, that was a hard life. That wasn't on a boat, on a ship. That's not easy living. That's your work. Everybody's working. Historically, it's really, we're only down to the last, oh man, I'm thinking like turning the century here. So it's even longer now. So let's say the last 70 years back to the 1950 ish. I'll, I'll go back there that, not everybody didn't do all the uh, hunting and everything, uh, you know, it, it was until really like, it's almost like you're rural to urban areas, you know, when things become more urban, yeah, yeah, there's less reason to have, have weapons and guns in the cities and stuff because we have people to protect you where your rural people are still, yeah. Home protection's a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wish and, I, and I will say too, right. I know there's child labor law, like you can't make slaves of kids and some right. of those. So I certainly understand protecting kids from that sort of perspective, but at the same being exploited, it's one thing to be exploited in those sorts of ways. It's another to actually teach your kids like to pass on these sorts of uh, sort of, whether it's a ritual or initiations, but you know, these are things that men did. And, and so they took their sons with them. Like you said, you, you pull your sons away from their mothers at a certain age and take them to work with you and to do things. And whether that's, you know, going to war on a ship or going to battle in the middle ages as a, as a, um, uh, you know, you're like, is it a page? It, whatever, it, yeah. you know, you're uh, whatever you those started squire. Learning. Yeah, well, squire would is be what like I was thinking of mid teens. Okay, but even still, right? It, yeah. The point is, you have you have kids, quote unquote, kids 
or very young adults that are that are involved in these things all throughout history, going back to Egypt. And, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's not a new thing. And yet we, we, we seem to live in this bubble now of this perspective that history started the day we were born. Right. And we kind of forget all this other stuff where kids have been pulled into these situations, whether well, it's right or not. Kids, or, just yeah. not necessarily our country, but you know, there's kids in other countries that they're defending their homes. They're walking around with long guns. They've, they've probably killed more people protecting their homes than, you know, the modern American man has even dreamed of, you know, they're still living it. And one other thing too, to add to this, like culturally, right. In movies and TV shows, books, those sorts of things, right. It's somehow okay. Like you could watch the Chronicles of Narnia where there's literally kids with swords fighting as if they're adults and all those sorts of things, or any pick, pick your movie, pick your thing, right. Where there's some kid who's, who's a hero of some kind or whether he has superpowers or not, or whether they have guns or whatever they're doing. Like the point is it like somehow that's believable or that, Oh, that's entertainment. It's entertaining. And that's an acceptable idea. But in real life, it's like, Oh my God, we can't, we can't have fantasy. That's fantasy. It can't be real life. Yeah. Kids don't do that. That's why we watch it on the movies. (laughs) Yeah. That's only even bad stuff too. You think of, you know, whether it's the outside, was it the outsiders? Yeah. Where they're all, you know, Lord of the flies. Yeah, well, yeah, that was a big one, and that's even been proven. So, so anyway, I, I, I you know, but I think it's interesting too to 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 think. Like, could you imagine? Well, I, 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 I mean, I didn't grow up in any of these eras, so I couldn't imagine serving on a ship that's, you know, sailing the seas for months at a time, and you can get scurvy and what, like whatever else. Like, fuck, that's a hard life. Like, holy shit. Or you're the one without armor having to make sure that your knight <laughs> stays alive. Yeah, he stays you- alive. Like, what? imagine Wait, being what? a steed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you know, that ship the- and asking, are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> Standing next to the captain poking him or, you know, the guy at the wheel. Are we there yet? Are we, <laughs> are we there yet? How about now? Poke, poke. poke. How about now? There's floating around, and I can't remember. There's a picture, and and I don't remember why, but something was happening in the local area or whatever, and the high schoolers were sitting out in front of the school with their shotguns to protect all the kids in the school. And and I want to say that was like 40s, 50s picture. I would have to dig around on the interwebs to find that. But the thing is, is... Think about that. If you had a high school nowadays and say, just, just say 30% of your high schoolers, boys, girls, whatever knew how, like, like, or even say your girls with like trap shooting at the school or something, there could be, and they get a report of a possible gunman coming to the school and they're all out there with shotguns going, okay, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, how many guys are going to go? Well, I, well, 
Wait, Wait they're gardening my school? The kids are gardening at school? And, you know, and, and I remember the picture. They're all sitting there. It's almost like sitting on the back porch waiting for something to happen. And, and it's like, come on. Bring right on it. stoop. Yeah. You know, but, but it's like, if you think about it, you know, that was the mentality. Well, you're not going to mess with anyone, and we're going to protect everybody in here. Well, if you, if you move that to today's schools, you know, you talk about the inner city and my, I mean, my big one, Chicago, you pull up a uh, Hey Jackass for Chicago or whatever and see how many deaths and stuff. Just think of it. If, if like, okay, there's gang shootings, this or that, or other shooting, think of it. A bunch of kids were sitting out in front of the porch with their guns. Do you think the other bad guys are going to, no, no, we're, if they we're actually good. know how to use them and shoot straight, Yeah, but you know, there's their own protection service. You don't have to hire a whole bunch of cops or security men or whatever else. You know, how many schools have one, one, what, a, what do they call them? Something officers. It's usually um, off-duty policemen or something that will go work to school. You really think that one kid can, or that one officer can protect four or 500 kids somewhere in some of these big schools? But then it'd be like, oh, we got like a possible bad guy coming in and your whole trap shooting and um, sh uh, BB gun, everybody in the, they head down to the armory, grab guns and are all looking out the doors, waiting for someone. Got a little peepholes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can have little peepholes behind all that bulletproof glass and everything else. Kids would think twice about it. You know, it's like, does it need to be organized? Yes. Do mm -hmm. they need to have someone like in charge of an authority? Absolutely. I'm not just saying give the kids a bunch of guns. I mean, have, have, have some skill, but that's not the mentality. It's like, oh, let's not teach them how to protect themselves. Let's treat them all like sheep and go run and hide. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can't always do that. You know, and back to hunter safety. I think every kid should have hunter safety. They should know, you know, where the safety switch is on a firearm. It's not when you know, yeah, we're talking the, guns is the big one. Yeah. But knives, how much swords, of sharp objects? Well, yeah, I was just going to say how much of, of, you know, I'm even thinking of my girls, but even throughout history, if, if you are handing a sword or even a dagger or something to a kid, right. You're, you're explaining to them. Okay. I mean, like you said, guns are a little bit more complex, but because knives, you just say, here's the pointy end. <laughs> <laughs> here's a sharp edge. Which yeah, CJ yeah. Still doesn't this is about. sharp. Don't don't poke anybody with this part. <laughs> Hold here on this part kind of thing, uh, you know, uh, but and it gets but you still teach that to your kids, even if like here's an axe. Like the, if if the girls, even if they're quote unquote helping me by watching <laughs> me cut up some stuff, <laughs> right? They can, or I'll let them, you know, here's, here's a little hatchet, right. That you can, but Go make sure you do this, yep. make sure you swing away from your, your feet or your let, you want to be swinging at a place where you can't, blah, blah. but you teach, you know, even using a, a saw, like you said, when you were working with your son earlier this year on building stuff here's a circular saw this is the sharp part make sure you go this way <laughs> don't cut no fingers off i want you to keep yeah them all. kind of thing you just there's it's almost as if I'm the approach is yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the approach is almost such that you know 
like that's nobody would ever think to teach that stuff. So, or somehow people d- seem to think that nobody would think to teach that stuff. So it's better just to not have any of those things in the first place. And it's yeah, like, well, let's just take it all away. Why teach it yeah. when it doesn't exist? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my God, CJ. That's, oh, you know, so, would, so true. Why would you need a fire so extinguisher in your I'm... house when you have the fire department? That's a, <laughs> you're so stupid. <laughs> Jesus, you don't need to learn how to use that thing. Straight, CJ. Had I not come on this podcast tonight, I wouldn't have learned these things. I'm glad. I think all the schools, you know, they want to fight the whole gun thing, and I get that. Which that that's a debate in itself. But I think every can at least kind of understand it, right? But I think every school should have an archery club that all kids have to go to because think how badass that would be. Hey, I was just thinking that. Just think of this. <laughs> think if everybody knew how to use a bow and arrow and they had a whole armory of it, they're like, oh, we got a bad guy coming. And you got like a hundred kids <laughs> up there. Alone. They it wouldn't be able to go. In the shade. Right. <laughs> yeah. Could you just hear the principal going, okay, the first kid to get an arrow in this guy <laughs> gets to have lunch with the principal. Because he'd be a cool around principal. the yard, they got tree stands set up yeah. and camo. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point too. You look and out I from was the thinking... main doors, and there's yeah. markers that are only painted so you can see them to mark fifty, hundred, two hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah, distance. Yeah, yeah. So you're driving into the school, and you're like, "What are all these sticks doing in the grass?" <laughs> hundred yards out. 50 yards out. Yep. Okay, yeah, everybody that's... cover their squadron. But think of it, a school of, say, 100, say, two, 300 kids, and they're all armed with bow and arrows. You know how many people can be taken down? It's like the bow's been around forever, just about. Yeah. <laughs> Do it in such a way so that by the time the seniors, like the, the seniors are the school defense force, <laughs> they come out with javelins. <laughs> <laughs> throwing like hammer awesome. throws yeah oh, well geez. and you know you said bo- track uh, and field bo- oh my god <laughs> what's the one on a disc it shot what's the, disc it? what's the one on a fucking it's on it's not on a rope but it's on a yeah it's a hammer yeah, yeah the hammer ball. But, uh, ball and hammer but it's got the spikes on it what the hell was that called oh, mace. Mace. do it with a mace no ma- mace oh yeah, mace just, is that thing it's but I know what you're saying. The, mall, the yeah. ball part. Yeah, the mall part. Yeah, just have a... that with a hammer. Fucking throw that at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but then you said bow and arrow. And I was thinking, but how many people watch the Hunger Games or have read the Hunger Games and go, oh, yeah, kids as tribute. Yep. Committing violence. That's OK. Again, because it's fantasy, I know, but. You know, it's it's like it's like we have this disconnect, and it's like, yeah, but there's there's uh, was it uh, there's a series of books, and they made a movie of it of uh, oh, Master and Commander. Oh, yep. Uh, That's what about, I was thinking about when you're talking about sailing, because one of the yeah. officers, two of the officers, one wasn't even twelve or thirteen, and the other one was yep. like fifteen or. And 16. he lost his arm. Yep, and. And as a little kid, they amputated his arm on the boat in the whatever, what's that, 1600s, 17, yeah. 18, whenever, 
whenever eight, even, even in the 1800s, medicine isn't what it is. So you're exposed right. to that stuff, but it was like, it is what but it is. Harder. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think Russell Crowe was in that. Yes. He was he the was captain. The, he was the captain. What was this movie? Master uh, and Commander on the Far Side of the World. Yeah. So they combined a, a few of the books in this series it to made, make the movie. Yep. And it's about this British captain uh, on this boat. Was it in South America? Yeah. Weren't they, they sailing? They ended up South sailing America? around. Yeah. South America <clears throat> and uh, the Galapagos like they they spent some time in the Galapagos Islands and there's an interesting story about pirates and so they're they're hunting pirates and all this stuff but <clears throat> it's as a movie I know from a sound reference sound it's a good way to test home theater systems oh because the sound it, it that's or it was. I don't know if it still is, but that was used as a a, a, a way to test home theater systems if they could, because the sound was really accurate and from bass and blah 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 blah. But uh, but it's an interesting movie because because they don't sugarcoat it. It's not like this no. fantasy land of life it, on it a boat is well. great. It's, yeah. It sucks. Yeah. And we lose, but kids were a part of that. And we, I think we've lost sight of that sort of thing where kids have been in dangerous situations all throughout history. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. And it's many times it's done purposely. Like you were saying earlier, you take kids away from their, their mother and they go work with dad or they go study with the elder, you know, the, the, the men of the tribe, whatever that means, and whether that's many medieval times or yeah, you know, tribal Greeks, pick, Romans, pick it doesn't yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. You go off with the men as a as a young boy, you go off with the men and do whatever it is that they do. Yeah. Well, that that leads us really good next question is history false. <laughs> Which this came from a Twitter post. Wow, CJ's Look at look at the puzzled look guy. No one else okay, can see is that. This puzzled look on CJ's face is wonderful. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. This is it a reminded me of I've... Johnny Bravo. You just <laughs> hey there, oh. Mama Suda. Oh. I need to get the shades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have, them, but then have you? solid blonde hair. Didn't you do that as a Halloween thing or something? Was that you or was that someone else? No, it was somebody else. Oh, it was okay. uh, Nick. I'm guessing he. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nick that's right. It. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but I'm guessing you have jeans. I and thought a black you looked like John Travolta so. in Greece, but that's you know whatever. I'm gonna have to go. I back thought and the look same thing picture. at first. <laughs> I well, guess Johnny Bravo, just because maybe it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I asked him Johnny Bravo or John Travolta in Greece, because <laughs> <laughs> John Travolta actually had brown hair. So yeah, Johnny Bravo doesn't. No. So uh, that's true. So, His was blonde, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. It's been a while uh, since I've watched Johnny Bravo. <laughs> or Grease. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I... Well, I've probably watched Grease. I've watched it way too many, way too many times. Yeah. Not by choice. I think everybody. <laughs> 
how do you feel about that cj yeah tell us it's part about part of growing up that in uh, garth brooks and tim mcgraw so yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there's worse things to. it was to that me. movie see my dad's was battle of the bulge mm. i wasn't talking about my dad oh okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway this question of whether or not history is real so there's a uh, Mike Cernovich tweeted something, responded to something. And the original question was, what is one historical event you think the history books got completely wrong? And Cernovich replied, I stopped believing all history once we lived through the whole Russia Gate and media hoax after media hoax. Why assume journalists of yesteryear were more honest or historian historians less craven you think hardcore history guy would tell the truth about biden it's fun stories all fake though so you know and and you kind of have this what made me sort of want to bring this up right there is this idea that history is written by the victors kind of thing right there's so so regardless of what happened you're getting a side of the story which may or may not necessarily be the story right so it's certainly plausible in that sense uh, that history is wrong. <laughs> well, who's history too? Fair. Because, because I mean, if you look at, at it from the point, uh, I'm thinking like the French and uh, uh, French and Indian war, you know, if you're looking at it from the French perspective, you're looking at the Brits taking over everything where the Brits just looked at it as they were expanding type thing. And then you had all the natives that were here in the first place going, both of them sucked and were trying to take over us. So at the end of the day, who was right? You know, it's like, mm, and that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but, you know, I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Is all history false? No, but I think you got to get it from both sides, the victor side and the loser side. I was going to say history is not false. The narrative's false. That's a good way of putting it. I was going to say things did happen, but the way that they're told is probably in the way that makes Americans, because that's what we are, is told so we look like a better, like the better people, more or less. I would say the biggest one that anybody's been through is the Iraq war. Well, I mean, I believe, which whatever, is that we were over there for oil and opioids. You mean mean simple as that. It wasn't for terrorism. It was to take over the oil and all the opioids. And that's why the heroin boom went sky high. Well, not heroin, um, what is it? Oxycodone and all these things went sky high up right after the war. <clears throat> that and people getting hooked on heroin. Most of these wars, heroin was a huge backer because most of these places were huge producers of it. Yeah, drug drugs are a big one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm I'm trying to think farther back. One of the big ones that so many people is like the 300 Spartans. Where if you look at most history books, that's all they talk about. They don't talk about the other 3,000 people that joined them from different tribes and this and that and everything to help them. 
You're talking about 300 Rise of Empires? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there really wasn't just 300 of them. You know, I, I forget the actual numbers, but there were several even in thousand the mo- Even in groups. the movie, they, they do say, oh, the Athenians or whoever. There's some others that helped, but it almost sounds like uh, it's just some guys that came yeah. along. They kind of wandered by and they didn't <laughs> yeah. really do anything. It was, they were it just, was there. just 300 Spartans. Cannon fodder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I, but that's a good point. Look at the Crusades, depending on which side of the Crusades you were on for different reasons. They spread all kinds of lies to go and be like, oh, this and that and everything, just because it was a big moneymaker. They were after land property. They were after resources. Yeah, the general populace has been lied to by those in charge a lot. Why would they do that? Hmm. But why? Why? So is I, all. I, I'm I, sure I like it was an accident. Saying it. I'm, I'm sure it was all back. an accident. They yeah. just, you know, it's just an just honest mistake. It's right. okay. Everything okay. will be okay. <laughs> Here comes well, it, I, I think that's a better way of putting it, though. The narrative is probably always false. But the history part is that, you know, they're, they're like certain things, things like happen. somebody built a castle. How do we know this? The castle's still it's there. there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, there was dinosaurs over here in this part of the land. How do we know Lies. that? There's dinosaurs never existed. There's <laughs> never put there. Bones. <laughs> Just elephants. Just elephants. Just large <laughs> elephants. So, how did I think we know could, there's truth the in there? Well, but I'm trying to think of a good one. I and I think this goes into your myth and legends. It's like King Arthur. I think there was an actual King Arthur or Uther, if you go with the U spelling. Yeah, yeah. There was this guy. And then all this mythology grew up. He became an ideal, but it probably sprung up from some guy, da 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 da. And there was probably some guy that was a wizard or a mage that had some kind of charlatan powers or whatever. But is he like the Merlin and the you know knight we know nowadays? Probably not. Ugh, another good one going in on, on that train is like Robin Hood. You know, he, he, he's immortalized as being the good guy, but you know, Robin Hood was actually pretty bad guy. Scoundrel. Yeah. yeah. If you look at yeah. like some of the people he might have been based off of. Um. Yeah. Well, here, here's one for you. Do you know who started the French and Indian War? I don't know jack shit about the French and Indian War. The Germans. <laughs> no, I wonder if he did. No, it was Hitler. George, what's funny is George Washington did. Mm. Our our Scoundrel. very first president. Yeah, he was. He actually worked for a company and was uh, surveying lands to see how they could oh. afford to either buy them or take them over in the Ohio country. And then he ran into some French. They started shooting at each other. They started a land fight, and then it, of course, like all small little things, it upscaled. But that's nowhere in the history books, you know, that were taught normal yeah 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 yeah. 
in a, look at all the declassified information that comes out and you find out about all this stuff. So, well, and even Thanksgiving, right. Is kind of, that's one thing that I was thinking of that kind of has become, there's a whole bunch of shit around the, uh, the first colonies at Plymouth. Right. And, and all of that, not just the, Oh, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we're all going to get along and dance and, and these pilgrims our way into happiness. <laughs> these pilgrims showed up and and and, uh, you know, raped and pillaged the entire, you know, somehow we stole from the Indians kind of thing. No, that's not how it worked. The Indians helped us. But one other thing, too, that isn't taught is the initial colony almost didn't make it because the Plymouth compact we have from uh, God, what's his name? I can't think of his first name. Bradford, William Bradford was the, I don't know, mayor or whatever would be called the leader of that. What became Plymouth and the Plymouth colony, but we have his journal, his words. And basically the Plymouth compact that they came on the boat was basically everyone feeds into like you do all your stuff but all of that feeds into a local communal store for everybody grain wood you name it livestock everyone gets a share an equal portion based on that and they almost failed if it wasn't for the indians they probably would have wouldn't have survived hence the thanksgiving and all of that sort of stuff but um but even then the uh Bradford realized, hey, socialism, communism doesn't work. Right. So we'll give everybody their own plot of land. You work it as you see fit. And the colony thrived. People, you know, because there were some people that were working their asses off and some people that weren't under the original system. So it's like, no, socialism has been tried all throughout communism. Some version of everybody gets a piece of the pie kind of thing has been around forever, but we don't hear about how that failed at Plymouth. And it had, they kept going that route that would have gone by the wayside, even the declaration of Thanksgiving by George Washington, right. It was to, is a day set aside to give thanks to our creator, regardless of what you believe that's, that was the original proclamation. It's like, we should give thanks to our creator for being here for, blah 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 and yet you know can't talk about that either so so but i i do agree too that narrative is always whatever the official story is that's probably wrong (laughs) (laughs) you know it's probably not or it's not accurate is maybe in our discussion here to talk about it's not completely accurate on purpose yeah think think of like world war one world war two and stuff what the Germans were getting told to what the the rest of the world was getting told. You know, Mm -hmm. if you don't know any different and that's all you're hearing or hell, screw it. Look at, look at the history. I mean, modern day, but somewhere along the line, it's going to fail, but look at North Korea. Those people really don't know. I mean, there's it's force fed to them. Everything. Some, it wasn't always like that. You know, it's when, when did the split happen? The forties, 
Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Because so, the Korean War was 50 something, 49, 50, 50 something some, like that. Was it 50s? Okay. So yeah. it's only been like that, let's say, the last 70 years. Yeah. You know, but to them, it's like they don't, they don't know any different or whatever. Well, there's going to be a big change probably there sometime in the future. And all those people are going to look back at the history books and go, wait, what? Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> Fake news. Well, you know, or, I was thinking or about take this. a person in the middle of Africa or wherever that, you, you know, or Middle East or something that all they see is American television and think that's how it is. Well, we're not all Dukes of Hazard, and exactly, you know, <laughs> Dallas and whatever Urban's other a rock shows. Star. Yeah, a rock star. You know, actor. so it's like, yeah, we're all millionaires, pretty much. <laughs> Poverty doesn't exist. No, I, I think, I, I think it's like, whose perspective of history are you looking through? Because their history, whatever they write down might be true however someone else looking at it from a different angle the, the it's like perspective of history is probably false wrong i'm going back to i like how cj put it the narrative is a lie i like yeah, that but i'll buy that history's not a lie there's not history's not all false but the narrative pretty much is I was going to say saying history is a lie is a dumbass thing, <laughs> but yeah. it's just, it's kind of like any story you can tell it in seven different ways, but it can be perceived in a different way every single time. Well, and there's, there's right. There's powers that be that want to maintain the status quo or want to paint themselves in a way that history would favor them. You know, there's always oh. a reason to, oh, to want to control that narrative. That or... Some people should know is Benedict Arnold. Hmm. He screwed up traitor. one thing. Yeah. And he's labeled a traitor for the rest of his life. Before that, he was one of the biggest Patriots and greatest guys around did a whole <laughs> bunch of amazing things, but no one remembers all the great stuff he did. Yep. History, can, you know, build a thousand bridges, but you fuck one goat, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, also, people don't know that Hitler brought uh Germany out of poverty after World War One. I, I was gonna say, there was a reason why people were behind him so much, is because he brought them back from nothing, and then he kind of you know went a little crazy but that's beside the point that people don't want to talk yeah. about that as well he may have overcorrected <laughs> just a little <laughs> we were going for 180 we did a 360 <laughs> <laughs> but that's also like like you said that's something that people don't talk about nobody ever wants to say oh people are just blindly following no he actually oh. did something that people are like holy shit this guy brought us back from nothing he must be god well, and that's just it. It's like, oh, if you had the chance to kill Hitler back in the 30s kind of thing, would you? It's like, but he really wasn't doing anything in the 30s that would have warranted you killing him. Like, right. it, and it's only because of the perspective of time that we now know, okay, like, yeah, dude did some really shitty things. But it's like, 
you know, you don't know that until he starts doing that. And even within, right, the, um, you know, like, uh, like it's in those early days, they didn't, I'm sure the German people really didn't know. I, I mean, the early, early days, like the 40, like not by 44, 45, it had to be clear, but like even 40, 41, like whenever they started up the, you know, tr- trucking people to the concentration camps and really got that going in those early days i'm sure it's one of those no that can't be right you could totally understand the german people going no we like we're you you mean like we are now exactly like what we're looking at now for concentration camps you got so many people going no our government wouldn't do that no they wouldn't set these places up they have our best intentions what <laughs> they have our best intentions come yeah. on yeah they have a yeah. they're, they're gonna force quarantine on people just because oh no they won't do that here da, 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 da. and it's the people that don't believe in history or see history yeah history isn't all false because you can look back and see that it happened and we're seeing history repeat itself again you know this yeah. you start seeing politicians talk about forced quarantine and taking people away and hey we can do whatever we want with your kids at school well oh no that won't happen well it's happening right now and look back at history and what it happened then and what it turned into <laughs> or past well, that stuff yeah <laughs> well and that's that's we, why i wanted we to... figured it out this time we won't we won't go down that bad road <laughs> yeah yeah ignorance is bliss <laughs> well yeah with any shit like that there's always this air of oh well whoever tried it before just did it wrong they did it like wrong. this time we'll or or there's an arrogance that says well i never tried <laughs> setting up a concentration camp like you know i mean it's it's like no no i mean that's more like especially socialist oh we should have all these socialist communist kind of programs or whatever it's like yeah well they just didn't implement it right like you know if i yeah i'm i'm more i'm a i'm smarter than they are and i would implement it in ways that are smart i'm a college graduate yeah (laughs) i have my liberal arts degree you'll fucking (laughs) listen here (laughs) well i can say i i do you know history is is important because i think far too often we we live in an era that where it's like history started the day we were born mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> that wasn't world history didn't start in 19 19- me yeah and you know you can imagine somebody and and you know if you think about it like you know we were we i think we talked about this in the one of the podcasts when cj was on uh finding himself uh, uh over the summer about at, being in the middle east and some of the like there are kids that grew up not knowing a Afghanistan with U S forces and war like of some degree or another. And it's, you know, what, what would that like, like how, how would growing up be, how how would your life be different if those things weren't, didn't happen kind of thing. And you know, nothing but a war torn sort of existence. Um, and we kind of lose perspective. And, and so, right, that there's a perspective that you don't have, certainly because Afghanistan's a third world country and education isn't even anywhere near what it is here. 
you know, even kids here, like I know history didn't start in 1970, 1990, <laughs> whatever, 19, you know, 74, you know, like it's, it's, it's one of those things that history has been around and we lose sight of these things that have happened and we, or we want to pretend that they didn't happen or exaggerate maybe too. There's also a push to exaggerate shit that happened that in the whole scheme of things, isn't, isn't necessarily the worst thing that's ever happened throughout time. I mean, there's been brutal, even in the, whether it's in the Bible or whatever, there's wars, there's people have died (laughs) outright people just eliminated for whatever reason. And like, Oh my God, it's like we lose sight of these things and we're doomed to repeat them kind of thing. Or we'll be asking ourselves, well, how the fuck did we end up here? Well, <laughs> this is we have how. examples, historic examples of where this shit was tried before. So, um, one other thing too, there's, I know there's a, is it the his, there's a history podcast. I'll have to find it. Maybe I'll mention it on one of these, uh, Dean Carcanis or something, but his, his idea is, you know, history is important. It can be interesting and exciting. Um, and uh, there's there's a podcast for it. It's, it's the history show, or some, I don't know, the history author show. Because hmm. uh, I think he talks to more historic, like historians who've written books and stuff. I'll find it for sure. But you, we have smart people in the BR Nation that could consult the Google and find this shit. Um, and there's also a book. I forget the author, but it's it's on uh, 1920 and the year 1920. And um, I bring it up because I, this came up on a podcast that I listened to um, this book. And at that time in 1920, there are six people involved, basically people who either were former presidents or would be presidents involved in the election in 1920 in one way or another. another, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, his cousin, uh, FDR, um, I think Warren Harding. Anyway, there's there's a bunch of people. It's an interesting idea, and, and that's something, you know, it's shit like that that we don't, I'm sure we don't think about or we don't realize. Right. And those things sort of, like, those men all had an impact on shit that was shaping the country, too, just like there are movers and shakers today whether it's politically or financially or whatever that that impact and if we you know it's important to keep that perspective well and okay how many from how many kids their whole history will start in 2012 when ig was created (laughs) think about all those pictures like 20 years down the road now they look back and we know how many of those pictures are faked and everything else. If they go to IG and take a snapshot of like 2019 on IG, they're going to be like, wow, there's so many beautiful people. (laughs) (laughs) And then they look outside and go, holy shit. (laughs) Where, Where did all these people live? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I had to look up to see when IG was created, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's like in well, in that, that's an interesting one too. Just even going back forth of how many paintings are have like, do they really show the era, or did they just paint what the person wanted them to? You know, how many kings, queens, or whatever actually look like their, you know, art or their painting or whatever, or it'd be like, you know, yeah, because some king going, I want to look muscular, make me look muscular. A he lot might have been of the, those things were commissioned. Exactly. Yeah. I want to look like this to the populace. <laughs> I want to be. Yeah, Look at it's Roman propaganda statues, in that sense. You know? Yep. Roman statues that they would throw the chest, the abdomen, and everything, but then they would turn for the profile. You know, hey, that was propaganda. Propaganda's been around since they were carving. Statues people and out paintings of were the IG, the OG I IG. Yes. <laughs> what filters did they use for that shit? Bronze, <laughs> marble. <laughs> those were their filters <laughs> well think about it some king or whatever going you know, I, i'm thinking some greek god or whatever they're like you know i like that gladiator's body so from the neck down i want you to carve that and then put my head on top <laughs> yeah everyone will believe it yeah no one will know the difference a thousand years from now, but they'll think that I was jacked and I worked out every day. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, one last thing from a history perspective. It's interesting. You know, I'll be curious. Uh, what's the, the last emperor? Um, I think is Ridley Scott did, did a movie called the last emperor and it's about the last emperor of china and he was a baby when he was crowned emperor or a toddler maybe two three some he's really young um the empress named him um uh, and i think there was some shenanigans shenanigans or no, some history doesn't lie didn't we have a, <laughs> well, no, on her part, discussion? the Empress's part, there, there is a reason why she she picked this little kid to be the next emperor. It's like so she could kind of be behind the scene, like moving things behind the scenes. Seems. And they may even say that it to or allude to that or say something to that effect in the in the movie. But it's just an interesting story because he was the, the last official emperor. Communism took over basically all of China and he was locked in the forbidden city kind of sort of oblivious to what's going on in oh. the outside world. And that's an interesting flip of the narrative or history, because from his perspective, he's the ruler of the world. He is, you know, he is the emperor of China, right. But has absolutely no power, power. whatsoever. And then as a young man, um, I forget how old he was kicked out of, they finally kicked him out. Um, they kind of, it's like, yeah, yeah, do your thing. Cause you're within your own walls, but even within there, right. There's eunuchs, there's a whole 
there's all these concubines, there's all these from past emperors, like there's all these people that still wanted to hang on to that sort of thing. And he wanted to leave, I think in some ways, I'm sure he felt trapped in his cage because he could never leave, never go anywhere. And then, you know, he ended up dying a gardener or something like he was in prison for a while. And then he got out under communism and uh, then died a gardener. And yet he was, you know, the at one time, the emperor of China. And there's an interesting story too, where he went to Japan or Korea, I think it was Japan to try and kind of rebuild his empire. And he, but he still yearned for that sort of, I want to be an emperor kind of thing. Cause um, anyway, it's an interesting story, but I wonder too, like what was, how it's a, another example of the narrative being like he, but he himself was what he was being told versus reality had to be different rather than the masses being told one thing. I mean, it's like really the audience was one dude. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's a good movie though. All right. Well, what's next? Next one. A hundred books every man should read. I don't think we're gonna hit quite a hundred. No, my my point I, wasn't to I, I talk bet through. we could throw some good ones out there. <laughs> Um, because just skimming through the list, there's you know, there's obvious ones: The Great Gatsby, The Prince, um, The Republic by Plato. Uh, here, here, I'm going to throw this one. I've talked about it before. I think every man should read Iron John, and I would second that. Second I'm not that. all the now way that, through it yet. You wish you read it sooner, didn't you? It. Huh? You wished you had read it sooner. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Most people I that talk to after man, the only one that I know that read it at a young age would be our one of our friends, Nick Lowry. Yeah, yeah. He, he read it young, but other than him, it's like read that book. So many. It's Iron John's probably top of the list. Another and one, and that it was written in ninety. That was published in ninety one, and it resonates so well even today. It is timeless in that regard. Like the numbers, because they do quote some statistics and there's some, just a couple things about uh, like fatherless homes and some of those things that are probably off, but, you know, grossly given it's 20 years on, but out other than that, right. It is, it is. uh, Yeah. I, everything Nate said plus one. (laughs) like it is holy shit i was like reading it and it in so many ways it it mirrors my own journey to this point um i'm probably gonna have to read it and reread it again uh, like a few times to really because it's yeah there's it's deep it is holy shit it's good actually a book i own so perfect it's one you own yeah oh okay and you still haven't read it? I know your stack of books is huge. I have a stack of books I haven't touched in a very long time. So yeah, I know, and it's a it's a huge stack. I've seen I've, I've seen it. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I, the, my reading list is ridiculous, and it's like, okay, I should read that. I should read that. I should read that. And for whatever reason, I 
actually read Dune first. <laughs> See, that's how it works. And then, and I've read a number of parenting books, so that's always kind of been. It's like shit. I got to read this. I got to read this. And so then books anyway. So I finally got to Iron John. So I would concur that it's it's on the list. That's it's not on this list that we're looking at. It's the well, art of manliness. A, you have an actual list. Yeah, the art of man manliness published. Oh, a list of I was just books going that, off books that I think guys should read. Uh, my number books. one is Into the Wild. I don't care. Anybody should read oh, that. Oh, I should click on the link so I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, Call okay. of the Wild is in there. Oh. Into the Wild might be on, on there, too. Uh, one. So this is the art of man. It's what we're referencing. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more the, sense to me now. I was just going off books that I think people should read them, and I was tapping into my own list of books. So, all right. Uh, well, at, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to. I thought it'd be cool to talk about. I mean, we. So, for listeners, you go to artofmanliness.com or look up 100, 100 uh, books, books every man, man should read. read. Art of manliness. Like they, he posted a, what is it something McKay? He posted a list of 100 books. And I thought it'd be good just to skim through it and reference it because there are some really good books on this list. Gotcha. Iron John is not one of them. Is Oh, it's not? Okay. It's not on the list, so it should be. At least Let's, I didn't see it. Now, maybe it is, and it I didn't is. find it. All right. I'll have to look and see which other, because I, I have a couple more, and I, I'll save those to the end. Now that I know I'm caught up on this. I didn't but, see the link earlier. Ha-ha. There are some. Um, so where are the we Iliad at? Gatsby, the Odyssey. Band of Brothers. I, you know, this is one which the books are probably pretty good. But if you're tired of the book side, I will fully endorse the whole series. What was it? HBO. HBO. Was it HBO? Yep. Yeah. I I got more. I read part of the books. Because isn't you got there more, more out of the series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah series. I, I never could get into the books. But most people say, but the video for me, it was just. Plus, you get to see Bobby Axelrod in those early days. Right? That's true. Before X Capital. Oh, yeah, before X Cap. <laughs> oh, so that's what it was like before the biz. For some reason, <laughs> when it comes to like World War II type books, yeah, yeah. I can't get into them. I don't know why. I just can't read them. But this is one where I think they did so well. I, the, I, show. I yeah. the show, I think, was done quite well. And I'm sure there's, yeah. The Republic by Plato. Did you like that? I it's not an easy read, but it's it is. Not. It's a good. I'd recommend that one. Okay. If if it if only for the part about the cave and sort of reality and those sorts of things, which is interesting given what we've we're just talking about in terms of narrative being false and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's interesting to think that you know, even going back to Plato, right? <laughs> like ancient Greece, people were wondering what's real. What's yeah. what's true? What's what's honest? What's or what's uh, what's authentic? I mean, um, and all throughout history, it's not just a today phenomenon. It's something. Um, so he has on there the Iliad, the Odyssey. I've read those. Walden, I've read down? that. How far down are you? Or are I'm you a ways at, down. 
Okay, because I'm still at George Orwell with 1984. That's a good one. I'd recommend that. Brave New World. I've read that. Oh, How to to Win Friends and Influence People. I think everyone should read that. I've read that. It's pretty good. By Dale Carnegie. That's a... Gonna say anything Roman with Dale Carnegie on it, honestly. I don't, I don't think I've read this one. What is it? The Roman Honor by Carl Barton. Never heard of it. Yeah. Catch 22. I remember reading that as a youth. Yeah. Slaughterhouse Five. That one sounds familiar, but I can't. We're having silence here as we read the little uh, scripts underneath. There's some stuff by Hemingway. There's there is for whom the bell tolls, um, and uh, the sun also rises. Swiss Family Robinson. That if you scroll down, there is one that's interesting where, like I said, Walden, but uh, which is by Henry David Thoreau about going off into the wilderness and right all that sort of stuff. Lord of the that, Flies, which we mentioned earlier. Well, that um, what's funny about Walden is the first audio book I ever listened to. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Wow. I picked that up to listen to the on my plane ride to South Africa. So yeah, I was gonna say I listened to Lord of the Flies on the drive to Colorado. Yeah, yeah okay, that's on the list. So Atlas Shrugged, yeah, and Rand. Uh, one that I thought was interesting: the Boy Scout oh. Handbook, first edition. If you can get your hands on it, absolutely. I've seen it. I don't have my own copy, but I have seen a first edition. The, that book to what the current handbook is is so different even like second and third editions are so different from the current wishy-washy piss amp bullshit that they put in there now that yeah include stories of venture bravery and virtue yeah they actually were the whole honor code system yeah that that would be a good one Ooh, King Solomon's Mines. I like that one. Alan Quartermain. Huh? River runs through it. I feel like I've read those. See, a lot of these, like, oh, I don't know, high school era, so junior high, so late teens and stuff, a lot of these books I read then, so we're yeah. talking 20 plus years ago and I don't remember them anymore. It's like, I know I read it. And if we talked about the story a little bit, it would come back to me, but a bunch of these I'd probably need to read again. Oh, there. That's actually a favorite. The Count of Monte Cristo. I love that sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all's quiet all all quiet on the western front the art of war isn't just about swords yeah i can't remember who asked me about that but they were talking to me and they're like reading and he's like i'm not a sword fighter why do i want to read about all these uh, sword techniques 
Wait, are you thinking about the five rings? Am I? Yep. That's the one that says Perry and then Perry again. <laughs> it's like, I was oh, three, maybe like, I am. Yeah. yeah. Was that you, CJ, uh, that was I was yeah, talking with? Because there was okay, literally that's part who. of it. It's like Perry left, Perry right. I'm like, <laughs> what am I reading? <laughs> that's right. I'm getting my books confused. <clears throat> I was going to say, the, uh, what is it? The Art of War? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's Sun Tzu, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a totally different book. Yep, I'm Otherwise, getting my books confused. Masashi. The Book the of Five one? Rings is yeah. Masashi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the Bible is on the list. Which makes does it sense. say which one? <laughs> which version? Because there's a million different versions. I, I would just go with the King James Version. If you're going to go with the modern Bible as it sits now, that's most common for the, I would go King James Version. With all the D's and thou's. If it doesn't have the D's and thou's in it. It's not legit. Nope. I I think all those D's and thou's make more sense than some of the stuff that are written in the other translations I've read. (laughs) That's fair. I would also suggest the English Standard Version. That's pretty good. Good. Lonesome Dove. After Virtue is on this list, I've read it. You know what? I had had to. How how many people were forced to read To Kill a Mockingbird? I did. That's how I read it. I know. I I don't even know why it's on here. I don't. don't. I don't remember. I I only remember the part where he shoots the dog. Is is any of the rest even. Worth a there, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, what's the point of reading the book? He he shoots a dog with rabies. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why kids are forced to read that book. I really don't. I don't I, I don't get it. I you know I, to me one, that's a propaganda book. I the think one that so, could too. The one that confused me the most lawyer. reading was Tom Sawyer when I was a kid. Because the way that they word that for a young kid, you have no idea what they're saying. Yeah, but it wasn't made for kids. No, but we were made to read in eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, an adult's book. Yeah. It was, it was geared toward adults. What, in the early 40s or something? Yeah. Yeah. They spoke a little bit differently. Mm, a little bit. And this is, I mean, I'll give you that language is definitely, I mean, look at the Declaration of Independence. If that was written today, half of it would be emojis. The other half would be gifts. <laughs> Yo, bro, let, let people be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Chill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like um, the autobiography of Ben Franklin. Is there any biographies on... Um, George Washington. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're hard to find. I'll have to find it there, but uh, there's, there's one I know I haven't got to it yet, but I've heard good things about it. I was trying to find an audiobook when our last drive and I couldn't find Jack shit. It like really skipped around his life. It was like one thing from, here and a little bit there and I was so confused 
surprised I haven't seen Moby Dick on here yet. There's a bunch of these books that I can't, I, I don't even recognize the titles. Tarzan of the Apes. Do they give a reason why or are they just a list? It's just a list. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> the Godfather. Uh, I mean, I think they talk about. Oh, there's, there's Moby like Dick. A, okay, Moby Dick is on here. All right. A little dis- description of, uh, of why the books. You know what the book is about and why it's on the list, but uh, it, not that he goes into any deep sort of reason why. No. Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, I think people should read. Because it? yeah, it's a very dark book. It's kind of it's like if you want to read, yeah. It's a true what monster story. It? What? What is it? Frankenstein. Oh, I think you said something else. No, no. Frankenstein by uh Mary Shelley. I heard Mary Shelley. I'm like, who? Okay. Yeah. Shakespeare. Eh. I was never a big fan of Shakespeare. What? Uh, which one? The writer. Oh, this no, was Hamlet. The, which, Hamlet. Yeah. Hamlet. Yeah. I never could get into Shakespeare. Does it have the Odyssey in there? Haven't seen it yes. yet. No, it's 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 towards the top of the list. Oh, the does. Iliad and the Odyssey oh, was on there. That's right. Yep. Okay. I was going to say, Mrs. if you don't have Summer. that, you might as well throw this list away. <laughs> Robin Crusoe's on there. The Road. Treasure Island. That's a fucking bleak book. Don't Treasure see. Island or The Road? The The Road. Well, yeah, both yeah, of yeah. them kind of are. Well, yeah, Tre- yeah. Treasure Island is kind of fucked up. The actual book is. Yeah, I read it. <laughs> Because I remember Darn. there was like some uh, cartoons that kind of went over it. I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, it's not that bad. And then I read the book. I'm like, holy, what the fuck? Ooh, Last of the Mohicans made the list. That should be a read. It's the movies. The movie's good, but the books are better. Last of the Mohicans. It's the way it's written. <laughs> or spell. Yeah, there's uh, was it the roads on here? Um, where did I see it? Uh, the Grapes of Wrath. That was another one I just never. Eh. Don Quixote, uh, Huck Finn. Oh, the Nicomachean Ethics by Aristotle. I've read that. That's good. Cyrano de Bergerac. Bergerac. See, Les Miserable. Less Miserables. Less Miserables. I always say Les, Les Miserables. Miserables. Yeah, there Shrimp. we go. I just say less miserable. So people are like, yep, that's that's what I'm talking about. Less miserables. <laughs> it's a great musical. Yeah. Uh, Thus Spoke Zarathustra by Frederick Nietzsche. That's a good one. The Federalist Papers. I tried listening to it on Audible and listening to it is not, not a good idea. Did they not it's- have a good voice actor? That and listening to while you're driving, you're gonna be so fucking confused. It's not even funny. It's it's a dense. 
It's an interesting idea, but it's dense. But I took a whole class on existentialism. So, or no, a whole class on Nietzsche. So, really, they have classes on Nietzsche. Of course. My university did. Yeah. (laughs) There's the outsiders. Got Sigma and Freud. Greasers and songs. Hamlet is that uh, Mel Gibson did a version of that, right? Oh, to be or not to be. Hamlet's York. been done so many times. It's it's alas, poor York, for I knew him well. Between them and Roman and Juliet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I'm a little behind. That's all right. We'll forgive you. Fahrenheit 451. That's a good one. Yep. Now I'm trying to get to the end of the list, see if a couple other books I think should be on there. Heart of Darkness. Oh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I made it through it. But holy crap. (laughs) You know, this is one of those I think, not that I have ever done anything, but I think you should like microdose something just so you can like be a little off your rocker or whatever it takes to get off your rocker a little bit will make help make that make more sense because it's so dry and boring reading all these little one liner. It's I almost, I'd almost rather look up um, the book and memes just so I have pictures to make me laugh when I'm reading them. I just, the, uh, that was, brutal. yeah, that's, I haven't uh, that's read it all the way through like pages. Yeah. I, I forced myself to read the whole thing. Cause I wanted to, again, there's so much in there and everything, but it's like a lot of it. You're bored because you've seen so much of it on Twitter. You've seen so yeah, much yeah. of it in memes. You've seen, this and that, but then laid out in book form just sucks. It's like uh, I'm gonna go. I'm the modern era person here, and rather read all those on memes than I did the book. <laughs> just do it all in gifts and emoji, please. Yes, <laughs> that yeah, is Marcus a book Aurelia, that needs like, remade, a, modernized. I think a lot of that was his journaling, right? Like he's yep. writing. So um, it's his it style. Like daily reminders, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Kind of, I mean, yeah, it's, things it's, to do and not do. Fear and Trembling by Soren Kierkegaard is is good. It's he's a philosopher, and I, I read this in college as well. But it's a good, it's a good one. It's about, but it focuses on Abraham and his son Isaac and faith and reason. The sort of the dichotomy of faith and reason. Um, you know, Abraham is told by God to take his his son who he's been waiting forever for, and his wife finally gives birth. Um, take him, you know, to prove your faith to me. Uh, take your son up to Mount whatever and kill him. Offer him as a sacrifice. And he does. Or he at least takes him up there. And at the last minute, the zero, zero hour, God steps in and says, stop. You don't, you know you've proven that you got to this point has proven your faith kind of thing. You don't have to kill your son, but he would have done it. And it's an interesting analysis of that moment. And how do you, 
how or can you square faith and reason so it's a it's a um interesting read in that regard the hobbit made the list yep and the lord of the rings yep which yeah if you're not a fantasy guy it's the books are so much personally i the, the people that i've talked to that never read the books and saw the movies can't read the books yeah and the movies are shit compared to the books this is one of those that i wish one i wanted them to make the movies because i wanted to see it to the big screen and then once they came to the big screen i thought it sucked it was like they they changed too much of the story away from the original it's like I, I'd almost rather seen clips of the battle scenes because that that's all I yeah 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 they they screwed the story up and changed it just enough that yeah and then who's the guy that plays Frodo or whatever I don't like him as an actor so that that really did it out for me I think he did a shit job of playing Frodo and now I won't Elijah Wood yeah I don't like him uh, in anything else the only, the only movie I actually liked him in was uh sin city because they're at the end or whatever the other dude he like dies. rips his head off or something <laughs> yes <laughs> he played an evil person and then i'm like there you go that's who he should have played smeagol instead of smeagol or whatever <laughs> yeah don't like him Creepy. that's how you really feel <laughs> yeah 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 iron john isn't on the list so we would definitely that, recommend that, that. Good one. another one i'd recommend for sure is Either the the original Forty Eight Laws of Power by Robert Greene, oh, yeah. or the follow up one. Either one of those. Read those two, and don't think you have to be all of it. But it's a good defense book, in my opinion. Better than no. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Power versus Force by David R. Hawkins. I think that's another book most people should read. That's. It's so hard to conceptualize. <clears throat> yes, I would agree. I was gonna say, um, talk about is that the one energy? Yeah, woo, yep. <laughs> more woo woo shit. <laughs> What's your level at? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I think those sorts of things are always interesting, and I think I've mentioned this before uh, because if you take into account quantum physics they could be right so quantum physics is you know how particles behave at a subatomic or you know super small level and right so if you take an atom and break that down it's the nucleus and protons and electrons and you know and you keep going smaller and smaller and really it's just energy and at that small of a level like you can know where a particle is but you can't know how fast it's traveling or you can know how fast it's traveling, but you don't know where it is. Like, it's just a weird sort of universe to play in. But if you think about it, then taking it down to, so on a quantum level, all of us are like all cells, all things are just vibrations of energy. And so shit like power and for it, like all these sorts of ideas, even going back to the ancient Greek philosophers where there's one guy, Parmenides who believed, everything that is is everything that isn't isn't and that's just kind of the way it is and so taken to an extreme in a way he is kind of right 
Like it's just all energy that has existed, what it, the form it takes and what it looks like and all that stuff's maybe different uh, because we see things as a tree and a bush versus me versus you versus CJ versus, but at the end of the day, we're just all fluctuations of energy at our core. So that, that part's, it's very woo woo, <laughs> but like extreme woo woo, but it's really interesting to think about it. Like if you start thinking about some of that shit, it's like, holy cow. Yes. It, it like, it, it gives you like the tip of the iceberg, like the small little tip, barely touching. It's Just not enough to penetrate. Just enough to you're feeling something there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it gives you a kind of, <laughs> CJ, another one on the on the financial side, the richest man in Babylon by George L. S. Clayson. I think everyone should read, and it's changed my mind on some things. It, yeah, it. Uh, I've heard of I've heard of that book before. Book. I'll have to add it to the list. List, yeah that that's one I think people should pick up. And it it got me thinking from a secular standpoint toward a Christian standpoint. One of the biggest things in the Bible is tithing, you know, yep. your 10%. Well, they took it to the secular standpoint and said, pay yourself 10% beforehand. And this is one of those, you know, you don't miss somebody until he's gone type thing. This is one of those debates I wish I had my dad here for. I yeah. would, after reading this book, I got, I finished reading it and it was like, is the first time since he's passed, he's passed a number of years ago now, that I really wanted to pick the phone up and call him and debate this. <laughs> I'm like, the Bible says this, but the book here is making really, really good sense. And I want to argue this one out with you. Yeah. Or I, it's because it's going to be more than just the debate. It's going to go yeah, full yeah, fledged yeah. argue, but that's like the first time I've truly that I have like a mark on the calendar date of oh I miss my dad because I I would have loved to have debated have this a conversation book. about because I'd I'd have bought him the book in paperback, sent it to him, and told him to read it just so I could argue it with him. Yeah, because I don't think he would agree with me, which is hence why we would be arguing and debating it but <laughs> I, yeah and i have no one to debate that with so but if you follow what they're what, what he's talking about and doing you can really change your perspective and if you look at like some of the other guys that talk about what your dave ramsey's and these people's and those people they all have their little systems where, but if you follow the pay yourself 10% before you do it, it, it simplifies it, it makes yeah. everything so easy. You're like, oh, 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 and yeah. then on how to invest and everything else, you're like, oh, I don't need all these other strategisms and these big flow charts and all of this. And I actually can get what I want. And, yeah, I think it's easy for us to easy for anyone to overcomplicate things. Yeah, so that, or think it needs to be things need to be complicated. Then it, therefore, it must be good or effective or whatever. Yep. Another good book, and this is on the funnier side of things. 
but I think every Calvin and Hobbes. Nope, nope. No. <laughs> but close. Very close. How to Shit in the Woods by Kathleen Meyer. Because most people would never, you know, we're all used to toilets. Yeah. And everything. But no one ever thinks about shitting in the woods or alongside the road or whatever else. So if you need a good That's laugh. A book. Oh, it's yes. It's a book. <laughs> I've had it. For so you're years. telling me I can write a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I have. A, oh, and the look, everybody poop. Every they, everybody poops book. They they have the fourth edition out already. So see, the approach to a lost art. It's been around a while. I'd I'd have to find mine and see which edition I have. But yeah, I'm I, sure it's I was first edition. Stuff hardcover. I, I hope it's first edition. Let <laughs> back. Yeah. In the books With that the I gold mentioned, foil on the pages, yes. like on the edge. <laughs> oh, you can find uh, these it's books not on there. Um, barbarian rhetoric. Oh, yeah. Rhetoric? Rhetoric? Yeah, wherever Rhetorical. I'm at. Barbarian rhetoric. Yeah, there we go. On my book list find... for the bottom on mindset. That's where those books are. I should move that those to the top. But yeah, those are some of my Barrett books with links to where you can get them. Yeah, one that's not on the list. Uh, Animal Farm, I think, is a good one. I mean, I, I don't know if it's one, yeah. one of the hundred that every man should read kind of thing, but it's definitely a book that that people should read. Yeah. Um, 100%. That book is wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how how things change. And 1984 is on the list, but that's a good book. I, this I'd one's not in that. there. Uh, the Lucifer Effect. Ooh. That's one that? that I need to get back on my list to read. Have you read uh, it? Yeah. What's, what's that one? No, uh, I have it, but I've heard several people talk about it, and I still haven't. It talks about how a little bit of power can change a good person to a terrible uh, person. It kind of goes over the Stanford uh, experiments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like how it leads into showing kind of other things about it. But it, it, talking about that, it reminds me kind of going back to Hitler. That's exactly what happened. Somebody was given a little bit too much power and they took advantage of it. <clears throat> a little bit of overview of the Stanford project is they took, I think it was like, eight i think there were 16 students and there was eight cops and eight prisoners and they were going to have a study for two weeks to see how terrible the police would treat the prisoners and they had to cut it off after two days because it was so bad yeah short part of it but it's it's gruesome and it's disturbing yeah Humanity is not necessarily that great. <laughs> well, it's one of those things like you think you're a good person, but really what you're doing is wrong. Even though it's kind of like following orders, even when you know they're wrong. Well, who's in the wrong then? If right. you're just following orders. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been a military debate back and forth with all kinds of different well, he ordered me to. Well, I, you know where exactly. to. Where it's does the, draw the, the human side of things fall into? Yeah. Yeah, it's you know I, I I've definitely 
whether it's audiobooks or just read it, I, you know, I've definitely read more books this year, um, maybe even in the last two years than I have. Um, that uh, I think off the history stuff, the first or the fourth turning is an interesting book, interesting ideas, just the notion that everything's on cycles and history repeats itself. Um, you know, talking interesting- about history and um and how we were talking about is history faults or something it's um interesting how many of these books portray history and in some of these historical fictions and stuff are we're coming to find out are almost closer to the mark than the actual history books yeah you know some of the writings and whatever it's like you need more pieces of the puzzle if all you do is re- read what the victors wrote, you you have like 30%. If you read what the losers wrote, you get another 30. And then you read all these different works are because there was a time when, you know, that's how they kind of fought the propaganda. Yeah. Again, it was probably commissioned. Yep. Oh. Had another book and then lost it. Have to save that for another podcast. Patreon.com slash BR Nation. But yeah, if any of you guys out there have books that think should be on the list that men should read, reach out, let us know. We'll talk about it. We'll bring it up. We'll mention it on the podcast. Give you a shout out. Something about it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, We'll wait for the movie and uh, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll talk about <laughs> I'll do what I did in book reports. I'll just read the back. <laughs> you didn't even read the cliff notes. You just went to the back and just read the liner notes and said, well, all right. Uh, I think I get the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need two pages. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I'll just write bigger. I could bullshit. Yeah, I'll write bigger. <laughs> it was really bullshit when they started making us type in a 12 font. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I will yeah. say on that subject, I did write the same book report like three times <laughs> on the same book. <laughs> I never read it. <laughs> never read it. <laughs> Remember General, the book? General MacArthur. This is autobiography. <laughs> that was my fucking go-to <laughs> oh another one that's not on here that uh, canterbury tales oh yes definitely that's a must read i don't think cj would make it past the first page but i still think that's a must read yeah sounds awesome <laughs> if you love old english Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I can Survey listen to it. I'm says, not going to read it. Nope. You know that probably would be fun to listen to if you had the right guy reading it. Yeah. What the fuck is up with Audible having these old slow ass readers that are boring mm-hmm. as shit? Have you noticed that? I, no, I every don't single have Audible, so I don't. Uh, know. I got rid of it. They're all terrible. I, I've I've had like one that was decent actually. Yeah, probably about one. 
Well, it, you know what? It's probably all these old retired guys that have nothing else to do, so they're just sitting around reading. Dune was pretty good, but it, like there's sometimes where it was just a guy reading it, and then there's other times where they had back cast cast oh, reading did. it. Yeah, so they, they had cast, it's a lot better. Uh, you know, it may have been the same couple men and women. Like you know, for all I know, it could be the same five or six men and women and they just changed voices but at the same time you know at least parts of that was entertaining i bought the book or i bought the on kindle but then it's like well shit if i'm in the car or something you can buy the audible or get the audible version for a few bucks more and then so that way it sinks between the two so if i happen to listen to it in the car and then come back and read it at night or kind of thing so but yeah, I've been, kind of been sleeping on audiobooks and just recently kind of gotten into them. So, yeah, I, I have a hard time with audiobooks because I can't drive and listen. No, because I end up missing too much. Right. Either that exactly. or I'm picking the right kind of books. So, between the two, it's like, eh, I, I need to read it to absorb. Most it. of the time, I'm good. Iron John has been one where. I miss a lot, but there's yeah. other books, nonfiction books that I've gotten as audiobooks that I can listen to and I'm good. Good. Maybe it's just because Iron John is so dense and it hits in so many ways, it hits so close to home. You're like, wait. Yep. It just, yep. <laughs> so I can't, it's one of those I need to be paying attention or I'm fucked. That's why I'm going to have to listen to it a couple times. So. so. Anyway, well, it's way past. If you made it this time. far, yeah, you can check us out. Uh, podcasts on uh, barbarianrhetoric.com. Nate has his book uh, list of books to read. Lovely. Yep, I got my small list of books, and plus all the articles. That's a good website. I, I bounce over there quite often. So, all right, well, we'll have this out on time. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully supply chain issues won't hold us up. Won't be challenged. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally challenged. The intern will get it right. Oh. Well, it's a new one. We had to fire the last one. <laughs> and the one in he between. Lasted, he lasted a week. <laughs> he did one thing right and then he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's what the intern's for. Yeah, that's yeah. They come and go. They're expendable. Expendables. The intern. And that's pool. our end note. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. I hope it's giving you something to think about in your own quest to develop a barbarian mindset. Because it's with this mindset that you'll find the skills, strength, attitude, will, and endurance to see things through and live within the civilization and still be a barbarian. We appreciate your feedback. We especially appreciate those who have been supporting the podcast. That's the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. On our website, on Anchor FM, and on Spotify. You can find the show notes on the blog or anchor.fm slash barbarian rhetoric.
If the podcast has been helpful to you, please let us know. You can do this by checking into the Apple Podcast app, give us five stars, and leaving us a short review. This will help us get our message out in front of many more people. You can also talk to us on social media and let us know what you are thinking about or how this has helped you. On Twitter, I am at SteelJans. That's S-T-E-E-L-J-A-N-Z. And I'm also on Instagram at Barbarian Rhetoric. There's also a couple other things you need to check out. One is the Barbarian Rhetoric blog. And of course, our newsletter. There's a pop-up which you'll see as soon as you land on the blog. Thanks for listening. And always remember to be a barbarian in a civilized world. An apex predator. Into a civilized world.